It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on, the coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm a husband, the father of three, including a newborn baby girl, a Green Lantern fan, and a Funko Pop collector. And I'm Mo, shorter, louder, smarter, and all around better than absolutely no one. I'm a wife, mom, elementary librarian, and seeker of truth, except when it comes to reality TV. Today on the show, why Subway has gotten a raw deal from the media. <sighs> also on the show, <laughs> the worst way to get out of yard work. But first, today is Monday, August, nope, not the second, didn't update that. No, Monday, you didn't. August 9th, 2021, and we got some holidays to celebrate. A holiday. Oh, just the one? Just the one. What it's, is it? It's it better be special. It is special. Every day is special, but <laughs> today is National Book Lovers Day. Hey! Mm. And all the librarians said, whoa, whoa. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you're a, you're a librarian, a newly minted it's, librarian. It's in my intro. Yeah, it but I mean, I literally just said it. But until it. like today, that wasn't official. You're not. You know official. what I mean? Because like this is your first, like last Friday, I guess, was your first day. You see, as the librarian. Yeah. We. <laughs> yes. Anyway, books. You are right. Um, I mean. I like books about as much as anybody. So, you know, with the coming of technology. Take it or leave it. (laughs) Do you actually read books anymore? Oh, I hate reading books on like the phone or the. Thank you. No, if I'm going to read, I'm going to read a real book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Holding a book, smelling the pages. Biggin' books or movies for your mind. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna put That's that. Listen, yep. I'm putting that in the library. I'm, oh yeah, do that. I'm total. Yeah, I'm gonna put it that. on a little board <laughs> and put it up on the bookshelf. And as long as it's not actually a real quote, I'm gonna even quote down at the bottom. Gabigan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's an actual quote, but no, you can still know. you can still attribute it to Gabigan. Yeah, because <laughs> he's who you heard it from first. All my students will be like, "What's Gabigan?" <laughs> Biggin. Well, it's like a biggin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, um, how, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you stopped and it made me freak out. I thought I had, I thought I was missing something. <laughs> <laughs> you shut up for like two seconds and I panicked. <laughs> I did. Look, I get it. I did. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, I just, I, I, I've said this many times on the show, like 10 years ago, I did this summer reading challenge at my church where I read literally 30 books, 30 books. It was just reading, reading nonstop, didn't watch any TV that summer. It was just all books, 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 books. And then after that, I really hated reading. I mean, <laughs> and I have yet to get back into the love of reading. I finished maybe two books since then. I've started several just never finished. All things in moderation, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It's like, it was like, you know, those tales of parents making their kids smoke an entire carton of cigarettes when they get caught, you know, <laughs> smoking one, then they never want to touch one again. That's how it was for books, yeah. for okay. me. All right, all right. The thought of reading a book sometimes makes me want to throw up. I guess, <laughs> I guess in a way it kind of worked. I do love audiobooks for that reason. <laughs> yes. I know a lot of people who will listen to audiobooks, and I... If I were going to not sit and read an actual book, holding it in my hands, then I guess an audiobook would be the next best thing. Yeah, and I just don't I don't have the time to read books anymore. I barely have the time to read the Bible. That's <laughs> which sad. I try to sneak in every um, day. The Bible is a collection of sixty six books. Oh, yeah. See, I read out of sixty six books every all day. year long. Yeah, there you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> There you go. Uh, all right. Well, that's the only holiday. Weird. Okay. Yeah, that's so, it. So how's your week been, Mo? Uh, it's been good. It's been good for all of our friends over on 
Twitch. For all of our Twitchies. Twitchers. Twitch, uh, Twitch. I have two new Twitch accessories with me. One that you can probably see and one that you may not be able to see just yet. Can you see it? Can you see? <laughs> the Judging by the one that you are able to see, the people must be jumping to some wild conclusions as to what the one you are not <laughs> able to see and what just yet means. Get your mind out of the gutter, folks. Good grief. <laughs> so, um, you know, last week, our friends Josh and Andrea were here. And, um, and okay, I, I told y'all last week that Josh and Andrea are the friends that we traveled to Ireland with on St. Patrick's Day. And the very first thing, the very first checkoff, Mark, that took place. Checkoff. Um, that took place when we got into Dub Dublin was Chris got a tattoo and Andrea got her nose pierced. Hmm. Like we get off the airplane, hop a train to our our hotel. Josh and I take the kids to the the rooms and eat some dinner and Chris and Andrea hop another train to go to the tattoo shop that they had already made. Uh it's is it a reservation? An appointment. Appointment. Yeah, I was like it's not a reservation. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Um an appointment app. Anyway. Well, Andrea has had two babies since then, and her piercing itched during her pregnancies. So she took her, her nose ring out, and that was like... That's the nastiest thing I've, what? I've heard this week. Just the phrase. Her, her piercing, piercing itched. itched. That's nasty? Uh, you literally just said that your newborn daughter uh, pooped on you. Yeah, that should tell you something about how gross this wow. is. Wow. Okay. Um, and I had been thinking Goosebumps. for several years... Uh, probably six years at this point that I wanted to get my nose pierced, but I was really terrified to do it. Why? I'm so scared. Why was I terrified or why did I want to get it? Sure. Either. Uh, I was terrified <laughs> because it's a needle and it's oh, a piercing. Okay. So you're just scared and, of needles. And yeah. Oh, I'm terrified of needles. Oh, I really Ter didn't know that. Yes. Terrified. You might have told me, but I don't remember that. Oh, I'm, I have learned that if, as long as I don't see it, it doesn't. Do I have like a scare me as much. Thanks, Matt. Like, do I have, a, a bobby do I have pin anything here, here to torture her with? <laughs> bobby pins don't scare me. I use bobby pins needle. to clean out my ears. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I know. Wait. I was waiting for you to register that. And then, <laughs> uh, anyway. <sighs> yes, Dr. Utter definitely scares me with his needle all the time. Um, so... <laughs> Anyway, um, inside jokes are fun. They are fun. That, listen, if you <laughs> don't get that and you joke. don't understand it, then you should be a part of the Twitch stream. That's legit. all that I'm going to say. Legit. Um. Anyway, I forget where my story was going. I forget where I stopped. You're, well, you're telling us why. Uh, 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 See? Nope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I forgot to. Yeah. <laughs> It was all your fault, too. Anyway, they were here, and you wanted to get your nose pierced. Yeah, so we made an appointment for Sunday morning at 9 o'clock before church. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Walking into church with a fresh nose piercing. Yeah. That was the only So you day. and her both got them, like yes. she got it redone. Yes, she got hers re-pierced, and I got mine pierced. See, I saw the photo, and I thought to myself, are those fake? And I'm like... Well, they can't really fake like just the little pinpoint ones, right? Like if it was a ring. Right. If it was I a hoop, that. then yeah. But I'm like, that one would require like a magnet on the inside of yeah, your nose. Yeah, can you There's imagine no if way. you like forcefully like, what's that, yeah. sniff? Yeah, just sniff too hard. Sniff the, oh man. <laughs> magnet in your brain. That's like giving That's me a little a bit of anxiety just thinking about it. Like, <laughs> good grief. Um, yeah. And honest to goodness, it did not hurt the piercing itself did not hurt but the ring is like corkscrew yeah uh-huh and so him screwing the ring down in that hurt that hurt bad the but, other question oriel reminds us in the chat the other question was why you wanted to get one. Oh, okay um so <laughs> so since i was a young heathen since I was a young heathen, no, um, I honestly, when I turned 30, which is when I got my tattoo, I got my tattoo right after my 30th birthday. Okay. Um, I had like all these big realizations of, you know, stereotypes that people have specifically that Christians have 
and am I doing things that I don't want to do because I'm afraid of what people are going to think of me? Or, yeah, where am I placing... Or avoiding things. Yeah. Yeah. Where am I placing, um, I guess, the importance of my worth, if you, like the validation of myself. I got you. Am I allowing other people to validate me by their opinions? And are my life choices causing them to think differently of me? Because there could be lots and lots of things that I do in secret that they don't know about, but are far worse than a tattoo and a piercing. So anyway, it's really just for me as a reminder that things go far beyond your looks, your outward appearance. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm bored with that. Also, I remembered I was going to say another reason that I was scared to get it done. So remember I had my ear pierced up in the top, the cartilage oh, of my yeah. ear? Oh, yeah. And it got infected and I took it out. And now I have, it's called a keloid. Uh-huh. I have a keloid on my ear. It's like what wrestlers get. Yeah, look. I'll show you. Uh, Do you see? It's like a little bump. Oh, gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's not huge, but it's definitely, it's visible if you look at it. So I was terrified to get my nose pierced after yeah. that because I'm terrified that... A nasaloid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrified that if something happens and I have to take the nose ring out... You know, I have a witch nose. I'm gonna ha yeah. <laughs> But anyway, also we get our, we get it done, right? Mm -hmm. Sitting there. I went first because she, she was like, you want me to go first? And I was like, do I, do I want you to go first? And she said, no, <laughs> you're going first. So you don't back out. And I was like, yeah, it's been nine years, but you still know. <laughs> weenie. Yeah. Uh. Um, so we both done over with and. The guy who did the piercing, he's like, so don't know what the deal is going to be with masks, but if you happen to have to wear one, be careful. Don't just slide it down, you know, pull it. And it hits me all of a sudden. As an employee of the district, I am not supposed to have facial piercings. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's done. He done pierced my nose. I'm, it's done and over with. And I'm like, oh, oh, shoot. <laughs> So I'm actually kind of thankful that right now at the elementary level, everyone has to continue wearing a mask. <laughs> so they can't say anything about my nose ring. Until when? <laughs> I, I don't know. What are you going to do then? I'll cross that bridge when it, when it happens. But So I'll just live in this low level of anxiety until then. Yeah. So I, I will say Friday was our first day back in the building. We haven't had students yet, but... Yeah. And I only wore my mask some of the time. And so there were people around who saw and nobody said anything. There were people of importance around who saw and nobody said anything. So I'm just hoping that, that that's the road we're going to continue down that just nobody's <laughs> going to say anything. Maybe. All right. And what's the uh, what's the other thing that so you got? So the second accessory that I currently have is a band-aid <laughs> on my shoulder <sighs> because I did it. <sighs> she went the dangerous route, too, and I didn't tell her this beforehand, but she went with the one shot. I know. I know. Oof. I know. I I am Oof. vaccinated. Um, I got the Johnson & Johnson today. Yikes. Yeah. Listen. <sighs> Listen, Linda. <laughs> Okay, there's several reasons that I got it, okay? I've honestly been, like, sitting on the fence for probably a month, mm -hmm. at least, mm -hmm. whether or not I should. And I keep going back and forth with, well, I don't, I don't want to do something that hasn't been approved, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't want to jump headfirst into something and then regret it. Especially something that really could affect my health in the long run. Yeah. Well, after talking to Chris, he and I both came to the conclusion, out of our five, I am probably the most healthy out of everybody. And I have the least to lose, if you will. So... <laughs> I don't want that to. That sounded terrible. Well, but listen. That sounded like you're the sacrificial lamb. I kind of am. <laughs> I kind of am. You're the least important life among At us five. At least for my family. <laughs> I kind of am. Um, 
So Chris is immune deficient. Test subject mo. Uh huh. Chris is immune <laughs> oh, deficient. That's right, yeah. Um, I and that. I personally don't feel comfortable him getting vaccinated just yet. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it terrifies me to think of what his side effects could do. No, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then with our kids, <laughs> if it affects me internally as far as, you know, reproduction goes, let's just say, I'm done having kids. It don't matter. Mm. But if my boys get it, because Mila's still too young to get it right now. But if my boys get it and it affects them in that way, well... That sucks. Yeah. You know, that's the rest of their life. And so in that way, I do kind of feel like the sacrificial lamb, if you will. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. When you lay it out. Yeah. yeah. So that on top of the fact that our district policy states that if you're vaccinated and you are in a building without students, you do not have to wear a mask. Um, and I hated being like one of five on Friday that was wearing a mask. It was incredibly <laughs> weird and uncomfortable. And I just don't want to do it. I mean, that's essentially why I got vaccinated. You know, it's like, I just don't want to deal with it. And when the opportunity comes for me to not have to wear my mask because I'm vaccinated, I would like to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. That's really all it was. A convenience thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, didn't put much more thought into it than that. Mm -hmm. And I went the Johnson and Johnson route because I know myself. I know that I am absolutely terrified of needles. And so when I decided last Friday that I was going to get it, it was like mid morning, mid afternoon. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm just doing it. No more wondering or contemplating, thinking about it. I'm just doing it. Um, the entire rest of the day was like, ridden with anxiety. <laughs> I was terrified of all the what ifs. And so if I had to get a two dose thing, no, I would end up going and getting the first dose. And then it would have been all for nothing because I would have psyched myself out and freaked myself out so much that I wouldn't have gone and got the second one. And it would have been worse if you had like negative reactions to the yeah. first one. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get the second exactly. one. The second one's supposed to be worse. Yep. Which it wasn't for me, which was weird. The yeah. first one I got fatigued a bit. It felt like when I had COVID, like I just could not function Yeah. Uh, for a little while. It wasn't even a full day. I was just like dead for a little while. Uh, but then the second one, I was all expecting just the worst. I was expecting to be laid out for two days, just miserable. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing happened whatsoever. That's fair. So I was happy about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But that would have been me. I would have been, I would have had awful, awful, awful side effects with the first one and been like, I'm not <laughs> doing Forget this it. again. Forget it. One's good. No. One's enough. One's plus, like 40% effective. I'm good. Yeah. Plus Better I odds. wanted to be able to go to work and not have to wear a mask again. So, okay. okay. you know, okay. 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 I had my reasons, <laughs> right or wrong. <laughs> and really the only side effect that I had was a pretty sore arm, but that's it. Yeah. That'll, that'll last for a few days. Yeah. For sure. It was very painful. Yeah. I couldn't like sleep on my side or anything. You know, so Kiwi, we've got a whole bunch of people going on in the, in the chat, chat talking, about, uh -huh, talking about whether or not they status. are uh-huh and uh so for all the people out there who are saying they're not vaccinated that's okay because up until friday i proudly said that i identified as vaccinated <laughs> if anyone asked me i identify as vaccinated my body my choice <laughs> i mean <laughs> Um, yeah, I walked into Walmart the other day and Walmart, they had a sign just yesterday. They had a sign up that said, uh, now we are recommending that all, uh, customers wear masks, uh, regardless of vaccination status, but they weren't like enforcing it. And so I just like, <clears throat> and I walked in cause I mean, not, nah, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I, I went through the two shots. I got my, I did what I was mm -hmm. supposed to do. I'm, I'm all right. Yep. I'm good. I'll stay away from people. Just mm -hmm. that's fine. Yep. Appreciate I can, I can it still socially distance. Happening. And at that point it shouldn't matter. Right. Yeah. So, Hey, so here's a fun fact too. Hmm. I get to get a new badge for, for work that has hashtag go cats on it. And that's how they identify who's vaccinated and not. Oh, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> so you have a <laughs> you have a shame system set up essentially 
Essentially. Yeah, that's messed up. It's kind of funny because they sent out an email that was like, if you're vaccinated and you would like for your badge to, um, to note that or whatever, just send us a new picture and your information and we will get it taken care of. And then like a day later, I guess after they got a plethora of emails in, a day later they were like, just so you're aware, this is how we will identify. It will say hashtag go cats. And everybody's like, as if that's any different. You could have wrote it. You could have wrote it. You could have wrote vaccinated and it would have been just as bad as hashtag go cats. Right. <laughs> it's uh yeah, that's that feels gross. Yeah. That feels gross. That makes me feel gross. It should say hashtag vaxxed cats. <laughs> Uh, as for me, I have not had uh, a super exciting week. It's just been more adjusting to this new baby. I mean, the new baby's exciting. But Family of five. It's been a... Party of five. Tire, tiresome. I hated that show. It's been a, t- a tiring week. I didn't like Party of Five. I'm sorry. I liked Friends. So that should be all that, that matters. So... I don't really remember Party of Five. Okay, good. <laughs> I just remember <laughs> that Nev Campbell and Lacey Chabet were mm-hmm. on it. They were, yeah. That's all that I really remember. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, my baby pooped on me, which was fun. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a rite of passage. I was about it's to the say. First, the first poop of the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right on me. And then when she's potty training, she has to pee on your hand. Mm. So just get ready for that. Too. Uh, my oldest son peed in, in my wife's mouth. Like the first week, <laughs> she made the mistake of standing at the end of the changing table while I was changing Eli, and I had taken the diaper off, and I was getting the new one, and while I was getting the new one, he just shot and arched right into her mouth as she was talking. So can I ask a it personal question? It was the question? most hilarious thing. <laughs> has, <laughs> has Daedra had COVID? Uh, yeah, we both had it. Oh, never mind. I was going to say, that's all it takes is somebody. <laughs> never mind. I mean, never yeah. mind. No, uh, Deidre and I, Deidre and I both had it and we, we, ooh, it was awful. Like it wasn't as awful as most people have. You know, we had the, the safe level of awful, but yeah. it was still awful. Yeah. Migraines and exhaustion. <laughs> oh gosh. Like you've never felt. Yeah. My goodness. Definitely something real. Like it ain't no hoax. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's another thing. Okay. So Chris got sick last week Mm. and he's freaking out. Like, what if it's COVID again? What if it's COVID? And then of course I'm freaking out because if it was COVID, because I'm not vaccinated, I would have to take off work and those days would be counted against me. Ah. Whereas if I was vaccinated, I wouldn't have to take off work unless I start to show symptoms. And then if I start to show symptoms, those days are given to me. Right. So I'm like two days of panic. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't do this. I can't do this. Turns out he just had a sinus infection. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. People have been getting sick of other things lately. What? This is very strange. I didn't know that was Stomach still a bugs, thing. flus, respiratory infections. It's really strange how these just all started coming back again after no one had any of those the entire 2020. (laughs) But that's a conspiracy theory for another time. Let's take a break right here. When we come back, burn down your chore list. Stick around. This week in nerdy news... This is LTNN. Microsoft is working on a new mode for their Edge browser that makes it super duper secure. In fact, that's even what they named it, super duper secure mode. It's still in the experimental stage, but it is hopeful that it'll make it harder for attackers to attempt to exploit bugs in the browser. It would accomplish this by turning off certain optimizations, such as Edge's JavaScript engine that's meant to make a website's code run faster. So while it may mean a slower surfing speed, there's less chance you'll be knocked off by a rough wave or get kidnapped by pirates. 
Paramount Plus is pulling out all the stops to hit their goal of 65 to 75 million streaming subscribers by 2024. In the latest update of exclusive content, they have struck a deal with Trey Parker and Matt Stone to extend South Park into season 30 and to create a staggering 14 movies, all of which are set to premiere exclusively on the streaming service. This includes two movies coming out in the next four months. And speaking of Paramount Plus pulling out all the stops, as if five Star Trek series in production at one time weren't enough, it appears they are already working on a sixth series. According to the New York Times, this new show will be centered around Starfleet Academy, made with a younger audience in mind. As to what time period it'll be set in, that's still unknown. But with a sixth series on the way, it makes even the most hardcore Trekkie ask the question, is there such a thing as too much Star Trek? The answer might be yes. Getting a little trekked out over here. I'm already having a hard time keeping up with the three series that we have. We're gonna be adding three more? What, should I quit my job? That was This Week in Nerdy News. I'm Radio Matt, and this is LTNN. Welcome back to the Backroom Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And we've changed some things up for this new season, including what we record live on Twitch each week. We record our shows the Friday or Saturday before with our friends on Twitch. Follow us at twitch.tv slash LTN on air to be notified when we go live and join our Discord at backrowdiscord.com for after show discussion and even opportunities to be on the show yourself. But before we go any further, it's time for Mo's Fact of the Day. Up to 50 books can be made from one tree. You decide whether or not you believe that's good numbers. 50 books. One, one tree, tree, 50 books. Yeah, it would really depend on the size of the tree. Wouldn't and it? the size of the book. And the size of the book. But I don't think that's good. No? Mm-mm. And the way that it was written in this website that I found this fact, it was like, that's amazing. And I'm like, no, it's not. How many copies of one book have to be made? Just consider that. Okay. Well, you know, people always think about that. They're, they're always saying, you know, you have to cut down so many trees for paper. But you also know that, like, paper companies plant trees by the millions every year. No, I was not aware of that. But still. Because <laughs> they have to, because otherwise I, they're going to run out of trees. I st well, yeah. <laughs> but I still don't think it's like good numbers. Maybe. I mean, maybe not. But I mean, they, they are planting enough trees to keep up with it. Like I, I remember Mr. Beast on YouTube did this thing where they were like planting two million trees and they, it was like a several month long campaign. And someone came along and said, like, you know, like something like 10 million trees are planted every year by the paper companies I mean, just good so they on can them. keep this going. Like, it's not like, it's great, but <laughs> I mean, it's not really that big of a need to plant that many trees here in America, at least. Yeah. And like, I get that. Yeah. Cause they got to stay in business somehow. I still don't think it's good numbers. <laughs> like one tree, 50 books. Well, that's why you go for those recycled paper books. The, you know, sure. the, those brown, pulp uh, recycled books. That's what I buy. Those are good. No, it's not. Don't <laughs> lie. <laughs> Don't lie. Uh, now it's time for... Oh, I'm reading your line oh, again. I uh, still yeah, now it. it's over to our weird news desk. <laughs> I still can't get a hold of our news. Get setups. it together. Uh, <laughs> that's right. We got three stories here that uh, you might not have heard yet that, uh, well, might be life lessons for you. And here's your first one. If you don't want to mow your yard... It's best not to just, you know, set it on fire. Despite burn, man, burn bans, a British Columbia man tells Mounties he didn't want to mow his lawn, so he set it on fire instead. <laughs> he uh, has been fined more than $1,000 for the fire that he started. Mounties on the Sunshine Coast said that they and firefighters were called to a home on the Port Mellon Highway for a report of heavy smoke on Tuesday. Fire was called in by passengers on a passing... Um, British Columbia Ferries vessel who could see the fire from the water. The home is not far from the Langdale Ferry Terminal. According to the Mountie Patrol, the fire was about 10 feet in diameter and had to be extinguished by firefighters. As for the cause, it was undoubtedly human. Uh, he said that he just didn't want to cut the tall grass, so he decided to burn it. 
I mean, Mm -mm. I mean, I get it. We've had a ridiculous amount of rain Mm -hmm. for New Mexico. Yeah. Like most, mostly last month and our yard in a week's time, grass grew like over a foot. Yeah. And like, we can't get, (laughs) we can't get my nephew out there quick enough to mow the yard. And, uh, yeah, I've, after I had to mow it one week at a ridiculously high rate and destroyed my back doing so, I could totally get on board for it. Let's just set up. <laughs> so in our set neighborhood, the in the front yards, in most backyards, people have grass, but in the front yards, it's all that zero scaping, zero scaping, zero scaping, but it's not, it was, I hate that. It's with an <laughs> X, not a Z. Zero is a word. It's an actual word. Yeah, but that's still how you can pronounce X, just anyway, like in the xylophone. I, anyway. Um, it's all rock. <laughs> rock yards. It is. Um, but with weeds. Our weeds will grow up through those rocks, okay. and it's our job to pull them, mm-hmm. right? I have seen so many people out there with blow torches <laughs> setting the weeds I mean, on fire. I mean, why not, right? I mean, if you got we that. We live in the driest, typically, the driest <laughs> typically state. One of them, anyway, yeah. Yeah. That does not sound like a good, especially at three o'clock in the afternoon when it's the hottest part of the day. If you're going to do it, do it at like seven o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock at night. I mean, but I mean, you're burning it on rock. The rocks aren't going to catch on fire. No, but we also live in one of the windiest places. Oh, that's true. You All can't do it on a windy day. Yeah. Is for one of those tumbleweeds <laughs> to blow away with the fire from the blowtorch still on it. And our whole city could go up. <laughs> it's possible. By the way, how many weeds do you have coming up out of your rock? None, because we have the best lawn guy in all of Clovis. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think he complained to me about your yard. No, he didn't. <laughs> you don't even know who I'm talking about. I do. Who? Uh, was it not Brandon Boydson? Nope. Was it Tyler Kelly? Nope. Oh, who was it then? Chris Pipkin. Oh, Pipkin. Okay. I know Pipkin too. Mm-hmm. Didn't you have... Boydson at once? Uh, yeah, long time ago. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he was still complaining about it. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> this, this far away. That's fine. <laughs> Actually, no, he was talking about all yards that are like that. He said, like, people ask us to come out here and, and uh, you know, pull weeds out of the rocks. And it's, it's a very time-consuming process where we could take care of, like, three people's normal yards in the same amount of time. Right. So we're making a third of the money. He said, so we've, we've started just saying, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to hire somebody else. <laughs> That's fair. But Chris has spray. Yeah. That he That's uses. what we used when I was in landscaping mm-hmm. uh, in Albuquerque. Yeah. We had the spray. And uh, we did an, I I had to do an entire large apartment complex that wasn't like a tall apartment complex. They were wide. So it was like several different buildings. And so this property wasn't deep. It was wide. (laughs) Gigantic rock yards, front and back and in between everything, just filled with weeds. It's like when they put in the the rock yard itself, they didn't lay anything underneath the rocks. They just poured rock on dirt. Yep. And that was a bad decision. And yeah, I was out there in the hot sun, baking on those rocks for a solid six hours. Yeah. It's miserable. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I made about 40 bucks doing it. <laughs> yep. News story number two. Oh, wow. I forgot what we were doing. <laughs> Washington man shoots his fridge after a soda can explodes. Oh, my word. <laughs> Police in Yakima, Washington, uh, say a man is under arrest after he shot at his refrigerator, believing someone was shooting at him after a soda can exploded. Uh, officers responded to the scene on Saturday after receiving reports that a man had opened fire at a refrigerator. The police arrived, and they say they found the man outside the home in an alleyway, yelling incoherently with a gun lying in the middle of the road. After he was taken into custody, police say witnesses told them what happened. Uh, the man had been 
placing soda cans into a fridge when one exploded. He immediately pulled the pistol out of his waistband and fired the round into the bottom of the fridge. So this wasn't even like he was in another room and right. he heard an explosion and mistook it for a gun. He was putting the soda in the fridge actively. One blew up and he instinctively pulled out his gun and shot his refrigerator. He needs to stop watching crime shows. Can you imagine how terrifying that kind of thing is in real life? You hear a car backfiring and this guy outside of nowhere? Yeah. No. That's terrifying. That's Where was terrifying. This Yakima, Washington. Oh. Yakima. Okay. Uh yeah. No one got harmed, but um I mean, just ye. But um Yikes. You you did a whole drum. But, um. <laughs> and lastly, shop bans customers from paying with cash stashed in bras during this heat wave. Hey, listen. <laughs> Good on them. <laughs> Temperatures soar beyond uh, 30 degrees Celsius in the UK. The sweltering heat is prompting one Dublin business to put an unexpected rule in place for customers. People need to turn to Twitter to see how much discomfort uh, the Met Office's extreme heat alert has caused Brits. But there's one strange adjustment that might surprise some. It seems as though some shoppers are now ditching bags and using their bras as multifunctional money-carrying tools. This payment method has become too much for one salesman. Michael Flynn of Mattress Mick took to Facebook to announce... His betting shop will no longer be accepting cash that has been stashed away in bra. Sign says, no bra money. <laughs> Due to increasing temperatures and for our own personal safety, we will not be accepting bra money. Sorry for any inconvenience. <laughs> I am with them. I think that's okay. It's nasty. If it's coming it's out of your bra, okay. your sock, your waistband, no. Stop it. So Gross. Oriole says that he hated it when he worked at a bank in downtown Baltimore. I kind of think that downtown Baltimore bra money Ooh. would be worse. Because, <laughs> I mean, it gets nasty hot there. It really does. Oh, I thought you were judging the people. <laughs> I thought you were pulling a Charles Barkley. Really? Big old women down in San Antonio. No, it... <laughs> Those sweaty old women up in Baltimore. <laughs> Listen, it gets nasty hot in Baltimore. Humid and sweating. <laughs> Oriole said, I'm judging the people. <laughs> but on top of that, you know, you know, they just ate some crabs. And so they got, they got crab sweat all over their dollar bills. <laughs> their body just leaking and butter. Most of them are smokers. So it's just. He's gross. I apologize to everyone who lives in Baltimore. Listen, they're that's my family. I can't know who they are. Exactly. I can say that. My brother, my sister, my mom, or my stepmom, my dad, my grandmother, that's my family. Wet smoky my crab cousins. dollars. Yeah. They know it's true. They're all probably laughing right now, like mm -hmm. my glasses are fogged up. Oh no, and Oriole says he also worked near some gentlemen's clubs. Oh you, know that, yeah. you don't know where they're holding that. Yep. Where do you hold it when you don't have any clothes on? Uh-huh. Grody. All right, let's take another quick break. <laughs> when we come back, we come to the defense of Subway, a victim of the press. Stick around. Hi, everyone. I'm John Brady, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. The jungle is thick, and the journey hasn't been without its perils. Your tiny crew punches through the undergrowth with machetes and the will to discover the unknown. A foreboding archway carved with runes and glyphs warns you to stay away, but you continue on to a rugged stone shelf that juts out over a large complex of vine-covered buildings. In the distance, the silhouette of a monstrous temple looms in front of the setting sun. You have the feeling that the temple isn't the only monstrous thing you'll encounter here. Turning to your team, you direct them to set up camp. 
Tomorrow's a big day. Lost Ruins of Arnak is a deck building, worker placement tabletop game for one to four players. Set aside 30 minutes per player during this game intended for participants 12 years and up. Explore the sites surrounding the Lost Temple of Arnak, collecting the idols, resources, and abilities you find there. But beware, powerful guardians will hinder the explorer who dares to enter. Defeat them to gain awesome advantages. Retreat only if you must, taking a fear card into your deck and thus muddying up your chances of drawing your better cards. Use coins to buy tool cards which are free to play. Use compasses to purchase overpowered artifacts which require an activation cost after their initial play. Trim your deck down to become an efficient engine. Research your way up the temple track to get even more benefits and reach the temple chamber where giant tablets and tons of points await discovery. At game end, tally up your points from your temple research, defeated guardians, idols, and all cards you have purchased. Lose points for any fear cards you still have. Lost Ruins of Arnak is a competition to see who can squeeze out the most lucrative turns for the longest time. It is serious fun, and those who are willing to take great risk may find great reward along the way. I give the tabletop game Lost Ruins of Arnak a 9.5 out of 10. I'm John Brady, and remember, fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And hey, are you following us on all the socials? We're on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Just search for at the Back Row LTN and connect with us. So we have talked uh, about this a couple times in the past, but today we're going to do a deep dive on the media hit piece against Subway. Earlier, going very deeper. <laughs> very deeper. Earlier this year, we told you about a lawsuit a couple people were bringing against Subway, claiming that there was no tuna in the tuna sandwiches. But instead, it was claiming that it was a, quote, mixture of various concoctions that are meant to simulate the appearance of tuna. <laughs> the attorney representing them also claimed further that the ingredients weren't even fish at all. Uh, and we later explained our thoughts that, that tuna is so cheap already, as it is, that uh, it would likely cost more money to concoct a fake. Uh, and if they managed to create a fake yet edible tuna that was cheaper than tuna, they would be selling that formula and making straight bank. Especially if it were made of like soy or plant proteins, because there's a lot of people who like the taste of tuna fish that also don't want to eat meat or fish. Fish is kind of like a, sometimes you don't. Some some vegetarians eat fish, which is weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird for me. Well, that's another topic. <laughs> Pescatarians, I guess, is what they're called. Like they only eat fish when it comes to meat. N- no, I'm pretty sure. So a vegetarian eats fish. A vegetarian will eat fish. Someone who's vegan typically does not eat fish. And I'm pretty sure a pescatarian does not eat any meat, including fish. No, I think that's, I know. that's, I think you have those backwards. Mm-mm. I think it's pescatarian is a vegetarian, except they eat fish. Vegetarian just uh, doesn't eat meat. And a vegan does not eat meat or any products that are created using animals, such as milk, uh, cheese, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Pescatarianism refers to a diet that includes fish and fish products, vegetables, legumes, and sometimes dairy, while excluding meat and poultry. Pescatarianism... Yeah. Uh, hold on. So I was right. You were right there. Got it. I'm looking up vegetarianism. Oh, that's bohemian. Bohemian Rhapsody. Vegetarianism. <laughs> Uh, the theory or practice of living solely upon vegetables, fruits, grains, legumes, and nuts with or without the addition of milk products and eggs, generally for ethical reasons, ethical and environmental. I think that's when it jumps to veganism. Vegan. Like all vegans are vegetarians, but not all vegetarians are vegans. Uh, abstaining veganism. Oh, 
Veganism is the practice of abstaining from the use of animal products. Oh, okay. So particularly with your diet, but also anything like body wash, oh, lotion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the vegan will take it all the way. Right. All the way. Right. However, I know some vegetarians who eat fish. Well, they just don't know that they're pescatarian. Apparently. <laughs> anyway, okay. as we were talking Off about. Off topic. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so... Again, it seems far-fetched that Subway would be making a fake tuna because tuna is very cheap. It's pretty much one of the cheapest proteins you can buy. Uh, but another thing that made this lawsuit fishy <laughs> was that there was no lab report made available, and they couldn't even name the lab. Just just a lot of holes in the story. Hmm. This was made more apparent when the plaintiffs, plaintiffs shifted their argument away from it being whether or not it was actually tuna or fish at all to simply targeting Subway's marketing and advertising claims that its tuna is 100% sustainably caught. So now it moved from, this isn't tuna or nothing, to, okay, it's tuna, but it's not 100% sustainably caught. Mm. So it is tuna now, right? That's what this is saying? Just a couple weeks later, however, Julia Carmel of the New York Times published an article originally titled, What's in this tuna sandwich? Which, though it is an ambiguous question, there is an implication that the question isn't actually asking, is this tuna or not, but instead asking, since it's not tuna, what is it? Now, later on, the online version was retitled The Big Tuna Sandwich Mystery, which is slightly better. Uh, now, we talked about this, too, very briefly, because we didn't want to buy the article <laughs> when it first came out. Uh, we had heard the premise being repeated all over the internet. The New York Times uncovers zero tuna DNA in Subway's tuna. Mo and I didn't need to read the article to know the problem with this. What was our conclusion, Mo? Exactly what we just said, though, or what you said. Hmm. That tuna is the cheapest. Well, that, but also about like the tuna DNA. Like they couldn't find tuna DNA because. Oh, because once yeah. something is cooked, right. processed, it changes the DNA. Right. The DNA uh, basically breaks I down. I totally forgot. Good, good job. <laughs> I'm glad you got it there, though. Pointing me in the right direction. <laughs> but. Do you think that stopped anybody from spreading the story around? Of course not. So today, we are going to read the article and pick it apart. Again, this is The Big Tuna Sandwich Mystery by Julia Carmel, as read by Megan Mo Oaks. There's a word in there I don't know how to pronounce. Canned? <laughs> <laughs> Ingredient? Oh, bereft. Okay. Uh, canned tuna is high in protein, low in fat, and by far the most popular shelf-stable seafood in the United States. It can also be mysterious, questionable, and scandalous. Scandalous. As the Washington Post reported in late January, Subway, the world's largest sandwich chain, is currently facing a class-action lawsuit in the state of California that claims its tuna sandwiches are completely bereft of tuna as an ingredient. Did I say that right? You did. <laughs> After the news broke, the joke swiftly followed. Jessica Simpson, who famously didn't know whether chicken of the sea was chicken or tuna back in 2003, tweeted, It's okay at Subway. It is confusing. <laughs> Jimmy Johns, a competitor, started sending email blasts with subjects like, Tuna sandwiches should be used. Should you use clap with it. real tuna. <laughs> this is clapping. Okay, ready? Tuna, tuna sandwiches should use real tuna. There you go. <laughs> Subway, for its part, has categorically denied the allegations. There simply is no truth to, th to the allegations in that complaint that was filed in California. A spokeswoman wrote in an email to the New York Times, Subway delivers 100% cooked tuna to its restaurants, which is mixed with mayonnaise and used in freshly made sandwiches, wraps, and salads that are served to and enjoyed by our guests. From a reporter's perspective, however, the case bore further investigation, a deep dive, if you will. <laughs> so I procured- tuna jokes. More than 60 inches worth of Subway tuna sandwiches. I removed and froze the tuna meat, then shipped it across the country in a commercial food testing lab. I spent weeks. 
Huh? To, a, to a commercial food testing lab. I spent weeks chatting with tuna experts. I waited and waited until the lab results came back. So we're going to skip a short portion here in the article that padded the article with the entire history of tuna consumption in the United States that had nothing to do with Subway itself or this article. It's just history of tuna. Got to pad that Wall Street Journal story to justify the dollar you got to spend to read it. <laughs> Subway has nearly 40,000 locations worldwide, about half of them in the U.S., as Grub Street once calculated. The average distance between subways in Manhattan is 1,154 feet, or about four and a half blocks. The total number of locations has been in decline since 2015, a trend that New York Times investigation attributed, in part, to targeted and manipulated inspections. Still, subway storefronts are... What's that word? Uh, ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. And according to the company, its tuna sandwiches are some of the best selling. Subway's tuna sandwiches rank among our guests' favorite sandwiches, the chain spoke, spokeswoman wrote in an email. But it's safe to say that Karen, oh, jeez Louise, <laughs> Karen Donawa and Nalima. Amen. Amen. The plaintiffs in the lawsuit do not love Subway's tuna, which they believe is anything but tuna, quote unquote. According to their filing from January, Miss Donawa and Miss, what did we say, Amon's, Amon's legal team declined to comment on the case for this article. What exactly the plaintiffs believed the sandwiches contained, they wouldn't say. But in their filing form, in their filing from January, <laughs> they allege that Subway has deliberately misled customers by selling products falsely advertised as tuna in order to charge a premium price. Which is <laughs> just, just silly. <laughs> Subway's spokeswoman, when asked about the progress of the case, reiterated the statement shared when the original complaint was filed. The taste and quality of our tuna make it one of Subway's most popular products, and these baseless accusations threaten to damage our franchise, she wrote in an email. Given the facts, the lawsuit constitutes a reckless and improper attack on Subway's brand and goodwill, she added. With all of that in mind, I began searching for a commercial lab that could test a sample of Subway's product. A handful of them politely declined my inquiries, inquiries citing technical limitations and company policies that made my tuna ineligible for analysis. Eventually, I found myself on the phone with a spokeswoman for a lab that specializes in fish, fish testing. He agreed. He agreed to test the tuna, but asked that the lab not be named in this article, as he did not want to jeopardize any opportunities to work directly with America's largest sandwich chain. For about $500, his lab could conduct a PCR test, which rapidly makes millions or billions of copies of specific DNA sample, and try to tell me whether the substance included one of five different tuna species. Oh, okay, take a breath for uh -huh, a second. Yeah. It's a long article, guys. So, already we see a problem. The same kind of problem we had with the first one. The lab refuses to be named. Mm -hmm. One of the same red flags of the original lawsuit. And you will also see they declined to release the lab report as well. Mm. According to the seafood list, which is compiled by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, there are 15 species of nomadic saltwater fish that can be labeled tuna. Subway's tuna and seafood sourcing statement says the chain only sells skipjack and yellowfin tuna, species that a lab would recognize as Katsuanus pelamis and T. albacaris. Good job. Before it lands on a Subway sandwich, that tuna, like the majority of commercially sold tuna, is caught by fishermen working in exclusive economic zones. EEZs are areas that extend roughly 200 nautical miles from each country's coast. The U.S., with over 13,000 miles of coastline, controls the largest EEZ in the world. I'm just going to cut you off right here. <laughs> I should have taken this out already, because is this a school report? 
We are more than halfway through this article and are barely learning anything regarding the actual results. We're going to skip all that and another set of paragraphs that goes on to explain how tuna are caught and canned because that doesn't have anything to do with the actual subject at hand. So pick up after there. <laughs> I was told. There? Yeah, right there. I was told that if I packed a Ziploc of Subway tuna into a styrofoam shipping cooler with a few ice packs and mailed it across the country, the lab could test it. To procure, procure the sandwich specimens, I visited three different Subway locations around Los Angeles. It seemed logical to order only tuna on the sandwiches, no extra vegetables, cheese, or dressing, as the lab was already weary about the challenges of identifying a fish that's been cooked at least once, mixed with mayo, frozen, and shipped across the country. My first frozen tuna shipment, which cost upward of $150, was lost in transit. But on second try... The sample arrived intact. In two to three weeks, the lab would tell me whether it contained any tuna. So you'd think that this would be a part of the article where we get the results, but instead the article is paused for a 10-paragraph section where she interviews not a Subway executive, not a tuna supplier from Subway, not a scientist, but a single manager of a single Subway store named Sage and a former quote-unquote sandwich artist named Jen. It offered no real insight other than to reiterate our original thought when Jen said, I dealt with the tuna all the time, the ingredients are right on the package, and the tuna and tuna is relatively cheap meat. There would be no point to making replacement tuna to make it cheaper. Let's pick up with the actual information this article had promised now that we are three-fourths of the way through this article. Finally, after more than a month of waiting, the lab results arrived. No amplifiable tuna DNA was present in the sample, and so we obtained no amplification products from the DNA, the email read. Therefore, we cannot identify the species. The spokesman from the lab offered a bit of analysis. There's two conclusions, he said. One, it's so heavily processed that whatever we could pull out, we couldn't make an identification. Or we got some, and there's just nothing there that's tuna. Subway declined to comment on lab results. To be fair, when Inside Edition sent samples from three Subway lo locations in Queens out for testing earlier this year, the lab found that the specimens were indeed tuna. Even the plaintiffs have softened their original claims. In a new filing from June, their complaints centered not on whether Subway's tuna was tuna at all, but whether it was 100% sustainably caught skipjack and yellowfin tuna. With all testing, there are major caveats to consider. Once tuna has been cooked, its DNA becomes Denatured. Denatured, <laughs> meaning that the fish's characteristic properties have likely been destroyed, making it difficult, if not impossible, to identify. All of the people I spoke with also questioned why Subway would swap out its tuna. I don't think a sandwich place would intentionally mislabel, Mr. Rudy from Catalina Offshore Products said. They're buying a can of tuna that says tuna. If there's any fraud in this case, it happened at the cannery. Now, there's a little bit more to this article where it continues to discuss how, if it's not tuna, here's why Subway or the suppliers would decide to concoct fake tuna. It ends the article very heavily implication with a very heavy implication that it's very possible there is no tuna in the tuna. This article is 2,535 words long. We skipped about a third of it that was just pure filler. We skipped several chunks, actually, just completely irrelevant to the topic at hand. You want to know how many words it took for them to tell us that it's possible that there was no tuna DNA found because it's cooked and processed? It wasn't until word number 2072 wow. that that information starts to become relevant. You had to read 2,072 words of backstory, old information, subway store history, tuna catching and canning procedures, interviews with former extremely low-level employees, and a bunch of other boring mumbo-jumbo first. Ask yourself this question. If Mo wasn't reading the article to you, would you have read it yourself to get to the conclusion? The data suggests you won't. In fact, Food Theory reports that 59% of links shared on Twitter are shared without having to be clicked on first, meaning the sharer didn't read the article, only the headline. And so, 
you are left with the headlines. And news sites know how to make a punchy headline. And while both versions of the original New York Times headline were at least kind of balanced in the question, the headlines from other news sources all around the internet were not as fair. Headlines like, is Subway selling real tuna or is it fake? Test finds no tuna DNA. And lab tests reportedly find no identifiable tuna DNA in Subway sandwich again. And of course, these articles are usually around 500 words long in comparison. So while New York Times may have been a little bit more fair, at least listing some of the problems with the study, it's unlikely these shortened articles about the New York Times study will do the same. But as Mo and I have said twice before now on previous shows, meat proteins lose their DNA markers when cooked. But let's be a bit more specific. Baralon's Institute for Nanotechnology and Advanced Materials published in 2015 that under dry conditions, complete DNA degradation occurs at above 190 degrees Celsius. That's 374 degrees Fahrenheit for complete DNA degradation. And partial degradation can start happening well below that. And this article does say this, but again, way, 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 way below the headline. Another issue is that the lab only tested five kinds of tuna. They only tested four, rather, five kinds of tuna, when there are 15 different kinds of fish considered tuna in America. Now, the article mentioned Inside Edition, who did their own study a while back, and they actually got good results. Could it be because their lab, which was named and everything in their study, tested for all 15? So even though we might say that the New York Times was at least mostly fair in the data it actually shared, do you think that this long, drawn-out article is actually fair to Subway? No, not at all. <laughs> not even slightly. It's, it's the way media tends to go. And uh, especially, like, you know, we're, we're complaining about how long this article is. This article did not need to be this long. Even the portions that we did read could have been half as long mm-hmm. and given you the same amount of information. But it should have started with all the caveats way at the beginning of this is not a reliable kind of test. That this test essentially shouldn't have been done because it's not going to give us any real answers. There were several laboratories that refused to do this because they said it's not eligible for this kind of test. And it's for this exact reason. When you cook something and then process it, it's even mixed with mayo before you ever buy it. It's not going to have the DNA in it. It's going to be broken down. Of course, you're not going to find what you're looking for at this point. If you really want to do a test like this, you have to get the tuna before it is cooked and before it is mixed with mayonnaise and frozen and sent to stores all around the world. You got to get to that point first. So any test done after that point, any test where you just walk into Subway and ask for a scoop and then you mail it across the globe is going to come back with results that are not reliable. Mm -hmm. But this is the way that uh, the media works. And the media did just that. They took that New York Times article, took the most sensationalized parts of that article, and bundled it into nice little 500-word packages with flashier headlines and spent it all over the internet, all around the world, that basically painted tuna's fish, I'm sorry, Subway's tuna fish as uh, fake, as not real, as not tuna, giving you the fear. What have I been eating this whole time? I'm never going to go to Subway again. And that's why Subway is having to do this whole new branding campaign that you might have seen rolling out right now, where they're like re-changing uh, the way they do everything with all their food, and it's fresher and better and stronger than ever, even though they've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. They've done nothing but be be uh, accused of doing something wrong by people that are clearly just trying to get some sort of weird payout. And people are running with it just because it's sensationalism. Mm -hmm. In the end, we see that media, media do what the media do best. And that's what they're known for these days. Sensationalism with just enough truth to remain credible in most people's eyes. This was a simple example about something that in the long run isn't very important. But unfortunately, the media at large have been failing, or failing, well, failing, yeah, but falling into a pattern of misleading us, sometimes even purposefully lying to us for so long that it has become a pandemic in its own right. 
So this week we're gonna be talking about why people are struggling to trust the media right now in regards to the pandemic and several other things going on in our culture today. But for this story, the tuna is mostly legit. Eat it or don't, but stop sharing news stories you haven't read. What's up, nerd? You digging this podcast? Well, the audio enjoyment doesn't end there. Visit LTNOnAir.com and make LTN Radio your new go-to for the best Christian rock, rap, pop, and indie, as well as our exclusive LTN shows and podcasts, some of which air on the station before they're available anywhere else. Visit LTNOnAir.com to listen now and find the link to our app. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show as things are winding down for the day. But first, we wanted to know, what is your Subway sandwich favorite? Yeah, so we gave you uh, four options. We asked uh, tuna, Italian BMT, mm. Veggie Delight, or Meatball Marinara. Ooh. Of those four options, which one was your favorite, and what do you think the top one was? Um... Probably the Italian BMT. By a lot. Favorite. 52.6%. Dang. Oh, look. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. The BMT, then the meatball, then the meatball by 31%. Then uh, veggie. Tuna, 10%, veggie at five. I used to, you know, I would get the veggie delight every now and then. Yeah. I do enjoy it. If you get it with, like, I would get it with, like, black olives, which would, in my mind, be replacing the meat. And uh, I'd get it on that Italian herb and cheese bread. Okay. It's, a, it's a good sandwich, guys. It's a, it's a delightful sandwich. Delight is the right word for it. Can I tell you a pet peeve of mine that I just you can thought of? Peeve it up. Uh, <laughs> when people say herb. Did I say herb? No, you didn't. Okay. You didn't. <laughs> but. <laughs> like, you're going to call me out right here? No. Uh, <laughs> Cannon and his friend <laughs> went to Subway last week and... I picked them up and was taking the friend home and taking Cannon back to the house. And I asked, well, what did y'all get? And his friend got, I don't remember what sandwich it was, but he got it on Italian herb and cheese. And I was like, mm. Yeah, it feels uncomfortable. I got, <laughs> I'm going to go to KFC and enjoy those 11 herbs and spices. Yeah. Yeah. So our previous pastor, Kevin, his dad's name yeah. is Herb. And so anytime anybody says 11 herbs and spices or the Italian herb and cheese, I just like picture his face on the, the subway bread yeah. and a little Italian herb. And cheese. Uh, let's end with our verse for the day, though. Our verse for the day is Romans thirteen ten. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to check out all of what we do online at lovethynerd.com. we got amazing articles and all things nerdy, as well as this show, LTN Radio, and our other podcasts and videos. If you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, and specifically with LTN Radio, then please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner, and you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax-deductible. Remember that we air first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, find the Back Row Morning Show podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it, and we'll love you forever. We'll be back tomorrow morning. We hope you will, too. Mo, final thought. Herb. <laughs> it's herb. It's herb, people. It's herb. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Herb eats herbs. That's how you can remember. There you go. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise that it's true. Jesus, Jesus loves, loves you, nerd. nerd.